How do you do, fellow kids? This is Generation Fangirl, and I'm Peony, and I was born in the 80s. I'm Caro, and I was born in the 90s. And together we talk about nerdy things from Into the Spider-Verse to anime conventions and more. Well, that was very specific. Yeah, I liked it. Was, it was a little specific. A little, uh, a little bit of... Uh, on topic yes but i mentioned that obviously because i think we should talk about that new trailer that dropped we should i watched it earlier Mm -hmm. i do want to mention that it's been like a month since our last recording but by the time this recording is done or it's finalized the episode's done um we will our twitter page will be live people will know about our deep dark secret we've been working on (laughs) so that's pretty exciting and what's been going it's, on with you in the past month? Because we both went to conventions. A, <laughs> I'm sorry. Is our podcast our deep, dark secret? That, that, is that it? Okay. It was for like a hot second. Okay. But oh, now yes. it's out oh, yeah. open okay, for sure. and it's fine. Now it's kind of our, it's our little, our little side project that has yet to be launched. Uh, it's our, to oh, timestamp this episode. Our, no, our, it's launching. It's launched. It's, it's out there. Yeah, it's it's as we are record as as you are hearing this, it is launched. Here we are, but time of recording is October third, Wednesday. So, did you wear pink? I did not That's because okay. if I wear pink at work, it, if I wear light colors, it gets dirty. So okay, That's to, fair. Yeah, but uh, I'm always wearing pink in my soul. That's true. Yeah, the past month, what have we been doing? We went to an anime convention. I did. No, you went to a video game convention. Well, yeah, we uh, both went to different conventions, but it was it was I good. I missed you. Oh. I missed you. I missed uh, oh. Pizza Rita's on the River Rock. Oh. <laughs> well, that's okay, because we'll have that at top. <laughs> but yeah. you got to, uh, you got to debut like a dream cosplay group. Oh, yes. Yes, and then you got a little bit viral on the internet <laughs> because everybody loves yeah. lesbia. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> almost, I didn't forget about it, but it just feels like a lifetime ago because this past month I've been working on zine illustrations for some X Men zines that I was invited to, which is awesome. It's been As a very nice nerdy month. I know, I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, in the beginning of September, uh, I went to San Japan with some of my friends. I love that convention, and we cosplayed Tokyo Mew Mew. We had our full group. Uh, for those of you that know it, the five girls plus Blue Knight, and it was awesome. And we got like. Uh, our, our photographer um, for our shoot sent us back some photos, so she's editing it right now. I'm really excited to see it. But I definitely, uh, I took a video of that meme. Yeah, because I've just seen the clip of that, but I have no idea where it comes from. Billy on the Street is his TV show. Um, his name is Billy Eichner. He's a comedian, but he was also on uh, Parks and Rec as a really loud guy. Anyway, he approaches people on the street of New York and shouts at them, but like friendly, (laughs) like fun, I think. But there's this one scene where he, or this one episode where he is traveling around with a bunch of lesbians, I guess, and they're going to go find other people to talk to. And it's just him running. And it's just a montage of him going like, let's go lesbians, lesbians, let's go. Come on, lesbians, let's go. Keep running. Come on, lesbians, let's go. Lesbians, let's go, lesbians, let's go. And it's just over and over again. And it's very, very good. And so I parodied it as Mew Ichigo 
from Tokyo Mew Mew. With it was perfect all of my, because I love the little magic. jingle from. I yes, think it was my tail. tail, but I know it wasn't your it was tail. My tail. Okay, because I was a cat girl, so I have a little bell on the tail that attached to my um, under my skirt, and it's just absolutely hilarious. I posted it at like 9 p.m. and then woke up the next morning, and it had like thousands of notes. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> How it's just, did this it's happen? Very, it's very pure, Listen, and it's, it's great. It's always, it's always the memes that people like the best. Um, oh yeah, we are the meme generation. Mm-hmm. We are, we are the meme queens. Oh yeah. But how was your month? What did you do after your video game convention? Um, actually, that's a great question. So my birthday was uh, that weekend, Labor Day weekend, and so yes. when I came back. Uh, so I went to PAX, which was in Seattle, which is gaming. So video games, board games, tabletop games, all of that sort of stuff. And they actually had the uh, Spider-Man PS4 game for a demo. <gasps> what? I was you like, played it early? A little bit. And <laughs> oh my gosh. So, you know, here's the thing is that, like, I, I knew that uh, Sony was making a new game and all that stuff, but I didn't really know anything about it. And I didn't know it was open world and I didn't know all this other stuff about it. And, uh, you know, Nintendo completely full could not play any switch, any smash or anything. And, uh, Pokemon go Eevee, Pikachu, none of those could never get into it. Um, resident evil also could not get into it. So, but you could get into Sony. Sony was not very busy. And so I was able to demo that. And then I was like, oh, this is great. And then by the time I got home, it was, I don't remember exactly when it came out, but it came out like the next week. And then mm-hmm. my roommate and I just split the cost. And she's like, well, this is, I got you the DLCs. So this is my birthday present for you. So, <laughs> so I've been playing that and I'm almost done. But like, yes. Oh my God. Okay, we have to. Please, yeah. we have to. You have to just like talk to me about it later because I, I also surprisingly I didn't really know it was coming out either until the week before it came out. Yeah, it um, just I saw snuck some, up on some us. buzz online. Yeah, uh, but like a, a wonderful surprise because I've been hyped for um, into the Spider Verse movie since that first teaser came out and they they kind of announced it. But this mm-hmm. game kind of like all of a sudden it was about to come out and then it was out and I kept hearing such great things. I saw this wonderful clip, a little bit of spoilers. So skip a forward 15 seconds if you don't want to hear this, but it's a little clip of him meeting Miles Morales in an alley. And it just warmed my heart. I love these. I love, I love these spider boys. Yeah. I will definitely talk to you about it afterwards. It's been, I'm just at a point. I don't have the game yet. Yeah, I'm just at a point where it's very uh, story-based, so I can't, mm-hmm. like, go do other, like, side stuff. So I, have, yeah. I haven't I have played it in, like, a week because I just need to wait until the weekend where I have, like, the whole afternoon where I can concentrate and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's very good, and it's just, it's it's great. But then also this morning, uh, the new um, Into the Spider-Verse yes. trailer came out. So I have just been in, like... Yes. And it's so funny because the last episode was Marvel. So I've just had Marvel like on the brain for the past month. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'm just my like, time has come. Feeling this. I'm so excited for this, all this Spidey Man stuff. It's just because 
let's like let's talk about the trailer a little bit first of all i love miles morales so much i love the comics i just like love him i think he's a very important character for representation and diverse diversity but i also think he's like such a cute smart kid and i mm -hmm. love seeing his juxtaposition with him and like a slightly older peter parker i love i i always love i'm such a sucker for shows and comics that have the kind of like slightly older uh hero character mentoring a younger younger person which is why i adore the logan movie even though i am very sad about it but i love like wolverine's relationship with all these like teen girls that he just adopts and i like mm -hmm. um the last of us i love shit like that it's so oh yeah so and exciting so like, the, the fact so, that they're in the movie together it's really exciting yeah and it's a very like big brother ish sort of mm -hmm. relationship and it just looks really great and i'm just really excited because the the trailer made it very i feel like it made it very clear that miles is the main character and peter's yes. kind of a secondary side character which i think is really great like it's like hey let's love let's have you know because it takes place in his universe and because mm -hmm. the spider-verse is just like it's it's its own topic i don't even know all yeah. about it but it's just insane it basically is like every single spider-man variant that's ever existed just mm -hmm. show up and we will and it's we will crazy so we, we should we will definitely do an episode about that um about just the spider-verse in general and the upcoming movie once it gets closer to december because i would love to put some research time into this and really like explore that because I think it's yeah. so fascinating. I also think it's interesting that I love that Gwen Stacy is a little bit younger and is from another universe. So instead of a love triangle thing, they're kind of like, she's almost kind of like a younger sister to Peter Parker. Yeah, because like I'm really, I got. yeah, I'm really curious as to how like their interaction is going to be because mm -hmm. it's like, yeah. And does that mean there's a Gwen Stacy in his universe or does she not know? Sure, because, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how it's going to, I don't know how it is, but at the same time, it's like, like imagine that you're like a middle-aged Peter and then all of a sudden the like teenage lost love of your right. life shows up and you're <laughs> like, Oh, hello, this is weird. Um, but it's like, I don't think they're going to do mean, that. And mean, then it's uh, also like, <laughs> because I know that they, I know that I'm they've sorry, met in the comments. Huh? You just described the Battle of the Atom story in X-Men where younger X-Men come back from the past and Cyclops is like, holy shit, that's 13-year-old Jean Grey. God damn it. <laughs> Continue. Yikes. No, but I know that they meet in the comics probably a few times. And I, um, I think they're usually around the same age, though, because they make this... Um, uh, and I can't remember what issue it is, but I've seen the the page panel of it. And it's very sweet where um, basically like Peter's like, oh, well, in my universe, I wasn't able to save my Gwen. And then she's like, well, I wasn't able to save my Peter. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. But like, yeah. I don't, I, I like that. Yeah, I like that there's an age difference because I know that Disney is having a new, um, like a, I think it's all online, but it's like a new cartoon where um oh are you talking about uh marvel rising yeah and so i think that that's yeah. why she's kind of a teenager because she's a teenager in that so i think from i mean it, this is a sony thing it's not a disney one but i think it's i think that's why they're going but with disney, teenage her so yeah they, but they anyway like to have all their ducks in a row. yeah but, i am 
I'm I hope we get to see Cindy Moon, um, aka Silk. I I really like her comic series also. Yeah, and she is see, really I like cool. don't know much about I, I don't read a lot of Peter Parker stuff, but I read all the other Spidey kids. Um so I hope we get to see a little bit of her. But just like this movie looks so good and there's the that soundtrack's so cool. Right. Oh man. It's just like so like hip and like fresh and like modern and fun. And that opening trailer with Peter Parker speaking over it, even though he's not the main character, but you like we know him. We get an introduction to him. He mentions the the, the like <laughs> the little stupid um popsicle yeah like melty face and he's like a so so popsicle and i was like this is hilarious this is this is made for like this generation it's so cool and it also made me really love peter and mj who i i felt like i i, I used to read uh mary jane loves spider-man when i was yeah. first getting into comics back in middle school yeah it was like manga too. style and i was yes it's i, I like mj through that um, but that was only the real like first exposure of like of of their relationship that I actually kind of was like oh I I like this like cute romance but seeing Peter like looking looking at his photo of MJ and just like the fact that it's older Peter too and he's been in love with this woman like and they have like they have a history together and all this stuff and really pulled at my heartstrings for them so yeah, I'm really excited to see Mm-hmm. I'm so I'm so excited just for this movie because it's going to be something fresh and new and fun, but it also pulls on a lot of stories that we already know and love and hold dear. Oh, mm. and my nostalgia is just gonna like go through the roof with all this new fun stuff. I'm so excited. I I seriously came home and just watched that trailer like 400 times, <laughs> and I was like, this is my the rest <sighs> of my evening. This is fine. Yeah, but anyway, we. Okay. About the art, it looks so cool. Okay, okay, okay. We'll have an episode about this. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> yes, it just so happened that after our Marvel episode, a lot of Marvel stuff happened. So we just had to get that out of our system. Um, did you oh, yes. want to talk uh, about your your thing? <laughs> I promise we'll get to uh, the episode soon. It's it's whatever. This is our show. We we do the rules. <laughs> Yeah, uh, did you know we're talking about Buffy in this episode? I'm so sorry. Here's a bunch of talk about Spider-Man. It's fine. <laughs> um, what was my thing? A certain trailer oh. that gave you feelings. Oh, oh, Related oh, to God. your fandom of oh, choice. Oh, man. Oh, we're going to have to trim this down, you know? I just, I'm crying. I had blocked it out of my memory because I'm... <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about okay, Dark Phoenix. I'm giving you two minutes. Go. Okay. Okay. Oh shit. Okay. Okay. Um. 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 Okay. I've been waiting for this movie for a really long time. Last December, I bought the EW special. Okay. This movie, Dark Phoenix. Dark. <laughs> it's not X Men. Dark Phoenix. It's just called Dark Phoenix. In 2019, but last December in 2017, I bought this EW special, and it has uh, Sophie Turner, who's going to play Jean Grey again, as she did in X Men Apocalypse, which is not a great movie, but gosh darn it, if I don't love it. But it had this whole special and all these different behind-the-scenes pictures of this movie that was going to come out in November 2018, and then two months later in February, after having had no like no more background like behind the scenes pictures or promos or trailers or even a poster. Yes, it did not have a poster until this week. So in February, it was pushed back from its November dead like date, release date, back to February 19. 
New Mutants also was supposed to come out this summer in 2018, but it's been pushed back to the summer of 2019, although that may be changed as well. This past week, Dark Phoenix finally got its first trailer and its first poster. Before then, all the different articles about the Dark Phoenix movie and how maybe it might be canceled along with New Mutants because Disney has absorbed the Fox like movie verse. So are these movies even going to come out? Are they going to be illegally released online? We don't know. All of those articles had been using posters that were fan-made, like photoshopped amalgamations of the characters from X-Men Apocalypse and like first class and shit. So like you see like Storm with like a badly photoshopped haircut and like these just these faces of these characters that they're not going to look the same as they did in Apocalypse and all these official news sites were posting the like the photoshopped fan poster. But now we have a poster. Now we have a trailer. It was released last week. I was very excited for it. I watched it. And then literally two days later, and I have been Googling Dark Phoenix movie news for a very long time. Anyway, two days later after the trailer dropped, they announced that they are pushing the movie back again by four months. So it is coming out in June 2019. And I I have just been through so much. I have I have I have seen so much. And I'm so weary because of it. I'm so weary. But you, I'm excited for the better? movie. <laughs> I do feel better. Thank you for letting me get that all out. I recently read an article about like Logan and the movie Logan's influence on this movie. And so I'm a little more optimistic about it because like Logan did, it's not called X-Men Logan. It's just called Logan. So it's about a movie not about the X-Men, but trying to like break free of that and be more about focused on the character. Um, and that's what the director for Dark Phoenix had in mind when he's titling it, not X-Men Dark Phoenix, but just Dark Phoenix. So I think it's going to be a lot more focused on her character herself instead of the overall like, oh, we got to save the world. It'll be more focused on Sophie Turner's Jean Grey and her struggle. I just I have a lot of feelings about this and also a lot of feelings about how Jean Grey should or how I like her to be portrayed. And we'll see how it turns out. But I'm upset because it's been pushed back four more months. And that means I just don't know when we're going to get new trailer information or new like promo pictures or anything. Or if it's just going to be radio silence until next February. And I am dying in this desert of no X-Men movie content. I'm so sad. The trailer was also kind of weird because it didn't have any special effects in it. It had a little bit of them. But, like, we don't see Nightcrawler's tail at all. And, like, we don't see a lot of, like, we don't see Cyclops using his, his like, beam. We don't see, we see Nightcrawler bamf once. And we see this cool shot of, like, Jean Grey being absorbed or rather projecting the Phoenix Force. So it was, it looks like a very early stage of the movie. They did just finish reshoots. So we'll see how, what they release as the movie progresses hopefully and is not canceled or like just left to to die in limbo yeah i think i'm done i think that was it are you still there <laughs> yes are you slow clapping for me <laughs> yes because you really needed it oh man yes and the thing is i could i could keep going but i won't and i'm I so sorry but it's that october now more than two minutes it's October. Yes, it's October now. It's and I was like, I just have to survive till February. Now I just have to survive till June. This is fine. I can do this. No, I mean like it's October. 
So it's like spooky oh, stuff. Like, that's true. Yeah. I'm that trying to get us hyped for this actual topic today. But what we're really here to talk about is Buffy. Yes. And more female characters. That's a transition. I love Jean Grey. She's a strong female character. I, however, have grown to dislike that particular phrase. Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, like, I, I feel like when I like, first heard it? that phrase, it meant somebody that could, like, kick your butt. And mm-hmm. that's true. Those are great characters. And- I love watching girls kick butts but there's when you say strong female character there's Mm -hmm. strength in different ways and but in the media it's like oh she can she doesn't need a man she can defend herself Mm -hmm. and it's like okay there's more to okay (laughs) but we will that's what we're here to talk about and i want to start out everyone's favorite uh favorite or rather first favorite strong female character Buffy Summers. That's true. She really was I, I think she set the ground for a lot of characters that we have. I feel that like this in this generation perspective strong female character was almost kind of if not coined by but kind of established by Joss's Joss Whedon's um characterization of Buffy Summers mm-hmm. but it also broke it a little bit and tried mm-hmm. to portray a, a different side of what a strong female character could be. Yes, let's Well, unpack I mean, this. you know how he got inspired for for her character, right? Educate me. Oh, well, basically oh. she is he he wanted to take the the old cliche of a pretty blonde girl oh. getting attacked by vampires and he wanted her to be the one that killed the vampires instead of being the victim and mm-hmm. it you know it's kind of one of those things where it's like i wish i came up with that idea because it was just something that he kept seeing over and over in every like every vampire movie and so it was just an interesting take and it was just that one idea that kind of spawned this whole it really was kind of like a generation thing because I mean, I know people that Buffy is one of those shows that it's very 90s to me. I feel like it's a very good um, screenshot of what being a teenager in the 90s were, even though I wasn't a teenager yet. But that's kind of how I viewed teenagers to be. And- I think it's interesting that the, this so Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV show came off of the 1992 movie starring Christy Swanson. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen the movie, movie, but I hear it's... Oh, you haven't? Yeah, I've always I've... meant to, but I just never had access to it. Like, I just, I've never oh, seen it well, anywhere. I, I own it, so I will, I, I own it. We'll, we'll have to watch it sometime. But also because it's October, um, there are, like, film houses, uh, at least in Austin, that are showing it uh, on special screenings. But mm-hmm. it was actually written by Joss Whedon, not directed by him. So a little backstory on my own um exposure to Buffy I started watching her watching her show in high school with one of my friends we just decided hey like Buffy is a thing and it's been around for a while (laughs) quote a while um and why don't we watch it because we know like it's supposed to be like like very binge worthy and this was kind Mm -hmm. of the beginning of like starting to binge things um but we started with the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie because I found it at Half Price Books and I said hey let's watch Buffy and we ended ended up like 
finding all the DVDs at either half price books or getting like an iTunes code sent from a friend to watch mm-hmm. them on like iTunes, very like what was illegal streaming anyway. Um, but I watched the first movie and it's, it's charming. This might be with my nostalgia glasses on. I really liked it, but I also think it is maybe not a great movie, but it has Buffy and she has this boy who I don't think he's a vampire or maybe he is a vampire man I need to rewatch this but there's another boy and his name is Pike not Spike but it's just like a very funny little AU of Buffy I think well I think it's supposed to be all technically canon because I know that the first well because I because I know that the first episode of the show is her coming to a new school because she burned down the last one and I thought that's what happened in the movie. Yes. Yeah, I think that tracks. I think she's I like I think I think her characterization is different between the, yeah. the movie and yeah. the the show. It's that's I guess it could heard. be kind of like a backstory thing. Um but yeah, in it she, vampires attack her high school prom. And so she has to kick all their butts. And she there's this guy there too, I guess. It's he was the 90s. there. Yeah, because <laughs> my my experience, I didn't watch it while it was airing. Um, but I did have a friend who uh she would she was very she was an expert. And this was kind of back in the day, even when I was in high school in the early two thousands, um, we didn't have a streaming we we had iTunes, but we didn't have streaming. We didn't have um, Netflix or anything. Uh, you had Netflix, but it was through the mail. It wasn't on your computer or on your phone. Um, so the only way to watch it was to save up and buy the DVD sets. And those things were expensive. And But that's yeah. what she did. That was just, you know, what she spent her money on. And, you know, um, I just... It was always like a lot of money to me, so I just never. I would like borrow some, but like I never got the chance to just watch the whole series like she did. And I yeah. feel like that's what a lot of people did. It's just it's like if you liked it, you just found ways to to watch it. And I did. I have seen like the first three seasons, I think, because I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but it was on Netflix for a long time, and it's always been one of those shows that I want to sit down and actually watch all the way through. Because I, it's like I know so much about it just through absorbing pop culture and everything. Like you can't not know who she is, and absolutely, and not know like Joss Whedon's uh, impact on television and how a male writer like writes female characters. Yeah, and I also want to mention with this episode, I don't want anyone to think that like we hate Buffy because I don't. Um, oh, I love but- Buffy. Yeah, but, but we are going to we are going to talk about like some things that aren't so great kind of in retrospect because the 90s were kind of a different time and things that nowadays seem kind of not so great as far as storylines and stuff were not really that yes. big of a deal in the 90s. They were just like, "Oh, that's just kind of normal." But, you know, that's it's it's totally okay to love something with all your heart and still be critical of it. I think that's I don't I don't think, you know, saying something bad about something that you like makes you a fake fan or something. It's just like, hey, you know. Eh. Exactly. We can watch this, but also enjoy it through a critical lens. And the 90s, they were a different time. But they really were. Of, <laughs> they really were. It just in general and also in time. Um, <laughs> I I have a lot of 
soft and like loving feelings about Buffy and a lot of it is from a bit of a nostalgia but mostly because I really enjoyed watching it with my friend and building that like friendship and like enjoying something together as like a fresh like new thing um, it really got have me a lot of, like, nostalgia feelings it really got mm-hmm. me into the supernatural horror genre really yeah it made it's it very kind of I love I love like young adult fantasy stuff and mm-hmm. this is very much that for TV. Um, it was like the teen soap opera plus vampires and supernatural stuff. And we get to see these characters aging as the seasons go by. She goes to college. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't stay as a teenager forever. And actually Dawson's Creek, um, the very like soap opera TV show um, about teens that was, I believe also on the CW. Um, It aired midway through Buffy's second season. So kind of like helping usher in this serious drama. But what made Buffy unique is that it also, one, it was playful and like comedic, but it also had a lot of weird supernatural things and lots of lore and lots of world building based Mm -hmm. around that, um, that they really like had a lot of fun playing in the space of that. Yeah, because there's um, so many crazy things that happen, and like oh that's why I want to watch it because there, right? it's like I know so many things. Like I know about her sister that like didn't I really was literally. Exist. I was literally and, about to say that. Oh, can we talk about Dawn though? Can and we I talk was about like, I try to read up on her and figure out what her deal is, and oh, I just man. get more confused every time. And I'm like, no, no, no. Listen, listen. How, okay, how much have you seen of Buffy? I mean, I've seen like the first three seasons and then I've seen bits and pieces of later stuff. So I feel like every got a working knowledge of it. Yeah, like I know a like kind of I know the general description of who Don actually is. I know I will let you know that even even in watching the show and having seen every single episode leading up to Don's appearance, it was just as confusing as you would be just watching it for the first time, just jumping in the middle of that episode because all of a sudden in one season it was just written the way it's just uh, it's such a fascinating um like narrative construct I think because she did not exist and then the mm-hmm. first episode of like that new season I believe it was oh man probably four or three I can't no it was not three because in season three uh Faith comes in and she's played by the actress who is the star of Dollhouse, another show by Joss Whedon. Um, so I believe it's four. But Dawn shows up uh, and it's completely without explanation. All of a sudden, yeah. Buffy just has a younger sister and her mom like treats her as her younger sister. And the thing is that there is a demon who put this thing in everyone's minds that Buffy had had a sister this whole time. But then it kind of turns out that Dawn was a construct she was a like a supernatural key to something so instead of like hiding it in like plain sight like he hid it in plain sight in this human body like of a person so it was kind of used to like sabotage i'm getting way into explaining the point of this but the thing is that her random appearance was integral to the plot line which i think is so fascinating because it's like thinking like huh you know what buffy would work a lot better if she had a younger sister to protect like, I think her character would work better as an older sister. Why did we make her a only child? How do we rectify this? How do we retcon this, but make it relevant to the plot instead of like, oh, she had a sister that was away this whole time. A and now she's back did it. 
right exactly it was like no but like it had a point which is just like a fascinating way to just like let me tweak my story um because I want her to have a younger sister but I guess I'll make it plot relevant here and it also just confused like it just you you are as confused as Buffy is though which I like um (laughs) that's kind of like understand it as she is like growing and like she's like wait what do you mean Dawn didn't exist who is she like why didn't I have a sister before this oh that's so fun see just thinking about recording this episode with you has really inspired me to give Buffy another shot and I really please watch it I feel like I'm at a good point in my life where I'm really good at binging shows Mm -hmm. so but um Um, that actually uh, kind of goes into my next point that I want to bring up is um, and I don't know a hundred percent about this because again, I didn't watch the whole thing from start to finish, but I have heard that it does have a monster of the week sort of format, but at the same time, yeah. there was like an underlying plot that was still running mm-hmm. through the whole thing. And I don't think what- that ever been done before. I think it just was really easy to be like, okay, well this week she fights these zombies and this week she fights this it's like because that's just no i don't want to say i mean it's kind of lazy but it's easy and i feel like this show was one of the first um sort of drama shows that had like an underlying plot yeah the thing with like monster of the week shows is it lends easily to prolonging a series you can just Mm -hmm. go on forever by just having monsters of the week um, but what's interesting about Buffy, at least, um, as one of the first shows that I watched, and I remember um, the first major character death, sort of, um, there's this character named Jenny Callender, who is Giles's girlfriend and computer teacher. Giles is the uh, uh, watcher of Buffy, so he, he's um, the coolest. is her mentor. Yeah, he's awesome. I like him. But they he had, also like, is the like, best dresser. He looks cool. He is very in all of his he's little so vests. He's he's such a like Oxford professor man, and I'm like, oh look yes, at he you. Very, he is very very British, but his <laughs> uh, girlfriend and maybe fiance uh, dies kind of in a horrible way by a demon um, in season two, and it was kind of like a whiplash of like, wait, why did she like this? This character just up and died. Why would you kill her off? And I vaguely remember of, this. Yeah. Uh, I, I just remember being shocked about it because I have seen things like from Tumblr, things like pay, or like people on the internet being like, don't look up the Wikipedia of your favorite character only to find out that they are listed as deceased. Because mm-hmm. I don't watch a lot of shows where main characters die all the time, but that is very much the case in Buffy. Characters just come and go all the time, including Buffy herself. And it's kind of like that, that high stakes and knowing that like one of your favorite characters could just not be in the story anymore is was very new to me as um just watching yeah it it was the Um, joss effect before we knew what the joss effect was exactly yes yes and uh, of course he also contributed to the barrier gaze trope and we will get into queer representation in a moment much for listening to this episode of Generation Fangirl. Just another reminder to please give a thumbs up or a like or a vote or whatever it is 
to whichever platform you're using to listen to this episode. We are on so many platforms that I can't even remember all of them. And this just helps with visibility. This doesn't give us money or anything. This just helps people find our podcast. Because as I stated in previous episodes, I couldn't really find many podcasts that were about geeky topics that were run by women. There are a few, but I kind of wanted there to be more. So it took some digging to find some, and this really helps people find our platform. And so we can get conversations started and just build a community and all that super fun stuff. If you would like to contact us, we are on Twitter at GenFangirlPod, and you can also use the hashtag GenFGPod. And that way you can comment on things that we've said in the episode. We can start conversations with us. You can, you know, give us ideas for new episodes, all that fun stuff. And if you'd prefer to email us, we do have a Gmail at generationfangirlpod at gmail. Thanks so much. Bye. But I want to circle back on the monster of the week thing. The way that the series was set up, which was really fascinating to me as this was kind of one of the first shows that I binged on my own and kind of could see the whole story arc of it. Each mm-hmm. season featured a different villain. Um, the first season featured, I believe it was like the ancient one or something. It was a super mm-hmm. old vampire. Yeah. And it ends with Buffy killing him. Um, but she also dies for a split second. And in when she when a slayer dies, a new slayer is reborn. So when Buffy dies, a second slayer was reborn somewhere in the world. And so then Buffy was brought back to life and we suddenly had two slayers in the world. So that construct mm-hmm. or like that, that setup was kind of um, built throughout the series. Um, and I will get to that in a moment as well. There's just so much of Buffy. But the thing is that each season was marked by a different villain, um, which is something that I hadn't really seen before. Uh, season three, there was the mayor was a villain. Um, there was season, I believe, maybe five or something. But there was this trio of shitty guys who were just, <laughs> they didn't have superpowers. They were just really, really shitty guys. And they're like uh, a um, metaphor for misogyny. And But the thing is that there were different villains each season, which actually reminded reminds me a little bit of legend of Korra um yeah to like yeah but I remember like in in Avatar the Last Airbender for example they had a whole arc over three seasons of Aang versus the Fire Lord um and then when Korra came out I remember being really confused that season one ended with the death of the season one villain Amon huh. and I yeah, was, that like, was weird. where are they gonna go right I was like where are they gonna go with from there but then <laughs> Aaron kind of on the structure of Mm-hmm. Followed with the structure though of like villains um, each each season, but I really did love the fact that more slayers popped up um, in different things. And I just want to say I love the the second slayer that comes up after Buffy dies in season um, one. Her name was Kendra, and she was awesome, and I loved her. And unfortunately, she also dies very quickly. I think she dies in season two, and then in season three, um, Faith shows up. Uh, who kind of plays a sort of antagonist, anti-hero role throughout the show. But they had a lot of interesting... Yeah, they had uh, like a bit of a rivalry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the show itself had a lot of interesting like rules that would set up and create problems within itself. Yeah, I think um, that's kind of my also my... Well, I guess Harry Potter too, but 
it was one of my first introductions to really world building and like, okay, here's a universe and it has certain rules. And I mean, it's a, it's a common thing in most fictional series, but that was kind of one of the first examples I remember seeing. I was just looking at Buffy online though. And I, I forgot that their main group of friends. So it's, it's Buffy, Willow, Xander, um, the two friends that she meets at school. Xander is always going to be the, he doesn't have magic. He doesn't have superpowers or anything. Willow eventually becomes He's a very powerful witch. Um, but he is kind of like the Sokka, except he has very, very, very bad nice guy syndrome. He has he a super big does, crush on Buffy. But that's because that's we didn't know what nice guys were in the 90s. Exactly. Exactly. And he gets over his thing for Buffy, although does he really? But he kind of does. But he has... It's fascinating. But their little like trio and then as they grew different um people to help them like do slayer duties they were called the scooby gang they called themselves the scooby gang and i love that it's very that kind of paints the idea of the comedy of the show it's very like quirky and cute but yeah also buffy was a little bit snarky which i like it it reminds me a little of uh gilmore girls writing uh i know gilmore girls has been cited as like one of the shows with like each episode had one of the longest scripts because they would fit so much pop culture reference in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but people really had like rapid fire, like snark and like talking back at one another um, that I think really worked. Buffy is interesting because she is not a girly girl. Like I mean, she, she kind of is. She helped. Yeah. Like she helped making, make like kick-ass heroines, like the norm, but she is kind of a girly girl but she's also like very athletic and doesn't hide that and i i, I do like that aspect of it um, i liked that you could I, be both yeah and and she's not she's not book smart but she's and that, that's like part of her character that she does have these flaws that are like she doesn't have to be everything which i think a lot of female characters um have to be everything they have to have they almost are just written as like perfect to be objects of male desire and etc. But one thing that's interesting though is that, and I know I want to get into this when we talk more about Joss Whedon and his writing style himself. Um, but in his writing of the Avengers and uh, Black Widow, how she exploits the perception of other people that she is vulnerable. And mm-hmm. while I love that in Buffy, seeing it again and again and again all the time is just exhausting because if that's the only female character we're gonna get in a show and she acts the same way all the time because oh people underestimate her and then she kicks their butts it's like okay I've seen this before it was empowering the first time but (laughs) after that we need to see more types of women yeah that's basically my whole feeling on Buffy (laughs) it's I mean I do I I adore her character I really do but it does become I feel like with a lot of Joss's later work it feels very obvious that he's trying to recreate Buffy he's trying to get Mm -hmm. the magic formula right again and Mm -hmm. it's you know it's like if you just give her a new name and different hair and put her in a different time period it's still going to be Buffy and we can tell I don't know it's just it's so it's so I don't know what else to say other than yeah just I agree all all his main female characters seem like 
renditions of Buffy, not renditions of, say, Willow or other characters. And that of course, they're always going to be compared. They're always going to be compared, yeah. but you don't even have to put her as like the standard. It's like mm-hmm. he yeah. just writes as, the same character the- over and over. <laughs> yeah, which is another reason I'm was a little. I was disappointed when I heard that he was going to be writing the Batgirl movie. Uh, he has since stepped down. I think that was. Last oh yeah, year. I, I don't was know when mortified. that movie's Right. I don't know when that movie is going to happen, but I'm also kind of like, hey, if you're writing a female led like movie or whatever, like, please get some female writers in there. Like, please let women write these women. It's because until we have enough, until we (laughs) we will never have enough until we have more female led movies. Like, I want to see women written by women. And then once it's kind of become more, once we see more of that, then, like, we can diversify. It's just, it's very frustrating how, like, it's it's like, okay, yes, you can have this female superhero character, but, oh, it has to be written by man again. Um, so I'm glad it's that's not the case. I'm going off on a rant. No, it's a, it's a good point. It's, that's kind of, I think, the problem with, Joss Whedon today is because in the 90s when Buffy was still very popular and very new he was kind of put on a pedestal as like look what he's given us he's he's changed everything and so it was almost like like oh he's like how do I want to put this like when you were talking about um the Batgirl thing it's kind of like oh well it's okay if Joss Whedon gets to write it instead of a woman writing it or a woman directing it because he's a feminist and he's it's just fine it's just like a woman's writing it and it's like "Mm, okay you can't just like I I feel like because he got because he's writing some character doesn't mean he has he gets to write all of them yeah he also has issues with that himself that that being said i do think his writing is snappy um but it's like i enjoyed the first avengers movie when it came out i did not like age of ultron as many people did not like age of ultron we we talked about this last last episode but um at least it seemed from the articles that I read about um, Batgirl movie being written by someone else, he seemed to have stepped down graciously um, and he's excited to like see the movie as someone else like writes it. So that is like, okay, not to congratulate him on something that he should have been doing anyway, but it's like, at least he's not throwing a fit about it. I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about him as a person, but I just, I know I can critique his work um and that's yeah i mean all i can say is that for a while he was very highly regarded especially in the geek community it's like anything that he made was going to be amazing Mm -hmm. yeah and then uh kind of as time went on we kind of stepped back and we were like "Hmm, maybe you should do something else let somebody else yeah take take a chance yeah i feel i feel like a lot of the 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 cult fandom of Buffy and then the cult fandom of Firefly kind of definitely put him on a um on a pedestal like in in the eyes of that because I I definitely went through a Joss Whedon phase where I watched Firefly with my family and I oh loved I think it. everybody so, oh yeah for sure and and I wanted to like watch all of the different like I was excited that he was going to be writing the Avengers movie which I still think 
is a solid movie and holds up, but mm-hmm. it's also like cool, 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 cool. Black Widow's the only female character in this entire movie, basically. And she's just Buffy Summers. And she doesn't even get her own movie. Although they might have a movie of her. And I don't want that. I think we talked about this before. Anyway. We did. <laughs> and it was just like, yeah. yep. Yep. Did you know, this is slightly on the Marvel um, related thing again, but did you know that the movie Ant-Man and the Wasp that came out a few months ago, that is the first Marvel Studios film named after its heroine? Like, it, it, no. like of course, like that makes sense. Like, but I still hearing that statement, like, I can't believe it. But the Wasp yeah. is the first female superhero that we've gotten who has her name in a title and we don't have very many female superheroes like that being said but it's just like crazy i'm excited for ms marvel oh my god captain gosh. marvel sorry yeah i was like wait is Ms. marvel gonna hopefully, listen hopefully hopefully this leads to something with kamala khan i love her but uh we'll see i'm excited for the opportunities that this is going to open up for female-led superhero stuff. I have, like, I have a lot of feelings on Buffy and it's hard to try and, like, corral them. Yeah, um, everything's so connected I, that if you just talk about um, one thing, you end up talking about something else. I think we've done a good job, though, because we've taught, we've, like, kind of, like, meandered through it and touched on, like, Joss stuff. We are not going to be able to capture all of Buffy in this episode. No, um, and that's okay. We'll this another- is going to be kind of a short, simple episode, so that's yeah. fine. And, and maybe we could have another episode like like way later on and like after you've watched more of Buffy and we can kind mm-hmm. of have a like watching Buffy from this generation, like from like this perspective. Because um, I actually didn't even watch an episode before I before we were recording this. I was going to, but I found out that my iTunes, I have all of season three on my iTunes, but it was locked because this computer does not have access to it. <laughs> So I'm like, cool, I can't Your access this anymore. Crazy. I think we should talk about queer representation. Um, yeah, about that was going to be my next. Um, and then I wanted to talk specifically about the ending of season seven. Um, so it will be spoilers for you, but there's... Oh, that's really okay. I mean, I think I, I'm pretty sure I watched the last episode when it aired because it was okay. like a big deal. It was like, everybody's got to watch okay. the last episode. Like Buffy's ending... And um, I don't know and, very and much about the see, comics, mm-hmm. but we can mention them. I would love to talk about the comics because I didn't. Uh, well, I'll, I'll talk about it when we talk about it. But okay. I also wanted to mention, like, I talk a little bit about the male characters um, mm-hmm. in the in the show because I I like, yeah, I have some some thoughts about Spike and Angel, and then kind of his yeah, because they there's definitely yeah. I definitely remember this was like before yeah this was so, like the original team Edward team Jacob them boys on Buffy <laughs> oh well first off I want to point out mm-hmm. that um it is not on Netflix anymore okay but Buffy is on Hulu oh I just looked at that excellent so if you have that then you can watch it but unfortunately oh, not on Netflix anymore. You wanted to talk about boys. Yes, I want to talk about the Apparently they're all dead. Buffy. They're all dead and that makes them hot. A lot of the Oh my god. <laughs> That's what I've been told. I mean, you're not you're you're not wrong. We got we got Spike, we got Angel. I think I I have a lot of feelings about both of them, mostly about Spike because boy, watching that <laughs> as 
uh, a high schooler, I definitely had a big crush on Spike, even though he does a lot of questionable things aside from, you know, the, the vampirism and the blood sucking and, and the killing people <laughs> stuff. Aside from that, he also does questionable things. Um, what's interesting that <laughs> what Joss kind of plays around with in this show, particularly regarding the male characters, is the idea of like souls in vampires. Because mm-hmm. um, Angel is a vampire with a soul and he falls in love with Buffy. They fall and... Um, what I did appreciate is that once they fall in love, they actually sleep together, which is something that was not really seen on innocent teen shows, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely the norm now. Uh, cough, Riverdale, cough, um, and other things like that. Oh, but yeah. CW, like it's all was, about bangerangs. Right? Exactly. <laughs> but in Buffy, it was something more, um, a little more innocent and then surprising that Buffy got to be this, like, she's like this pure high school, like, girl, but then she can also have this agency and, like, go after what she wants, um, especially in her explore- in the exploration of her character. And once she goes into college, she has um, some bad relationship with, uh, I remember there's this one boy who treats her really poorly and they do sleep together and she feels like, very bad after that fact yeah I I just remember in in the college episodes Buffy was um this was post Angel and so she was having relationships with different boys or trying to find out like what she wanted anyway she like has her own sexual agency which was interesting watching as um for her to be this character that we've like seen grow up however it still is it's just it feels a little weird because it is a male writer writing this but anyway but about Buffy and Angel is that after they sleep together for the first time, and this is, I think, when she's still in high school, but Angel loses his soul, which is a bit of a slut-shamey kind of thing. This, this Yeah, it was a weird thing like about, like, he, it is he experienced 90s. pure joy for the first time, so yeah. he, it just it was weird. And then he becomes evil and is, like, in, like, tries to, like, kill her or, like, just, like, is very, very... It's like the dark, sexy angel, but also like, yo, you're doing really shitty, like bad things. And the same thing with Spike, who I think he doesn't have a soul, but then he gets a soul. He and Buffy have this on and off again relationship throughout the entire series. And I really, they were one of like my first ships, I think. I really wanted them to be together, even though Spike does some questionable things. He loses his soul at one point and like he assaults Buffy in one episode. I remember watching it and being like what the fuck am i watching and then afterwards he feels really bad about it yeah like I, I, wild I, wild. yeah like i mm-hmm. don't know much about that but i know that like the actor was really upset after he filmed oh, really? that like yeah i think he like was apologizing and i think he he got really emotional i don't know if he like cried or 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 something but like i remember that he he hated that scene and he was like, I felt really gross doing it. And I was like, wow, what the heck is going on in the show? Yeah. And it's it's such a shame because we see these characters and we see them throughout the series, but then like to have them do really dark and like evil things just because he like quote loses his soul or whatever. He, it, he Spike definitely flip-flopped between being a villain and being an anti-hero. Um, with Angel, he was always a hero, but then when he became Dark Angel, it was like, oh no, we have to save Angel from this darkness inside of him kind of thing. 
And then, of course, he had this whole different thing of going off and onto his own TV show, The Angel Show, which I have never seen because I didn't like the idea that I had to watch both in order to get the entire story. The only one I've Angel seen is when they were Muppets. <laughs> Wait, what? There's <laughs> like a Angel? Muppet episode, and that's the only one I've ever oh. watched. See, I just avoided Angel because I was like, this is another thing I have to find DVD from sets what for. I, I'm from not going to do hear... <laughs> And I don't know if this is true because I also never watched it. It seemed a lot more lighthearted. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. like a drama. It was just, like, silly. It, it wasn't. I think that it It definitely, I don't think that it attracted the same, um, like, a demographic. I think people who loved Buffy then watched Angel and were like, well, this pales in comparison. Um, it, what's curious is that the Angel show also took one of the characters, Cordelia, from Buffy and so Angel left Buffy and so did Cordelia and they went on to the Angel show and Cordelia was the human girlfriend slash me- like girlfriend of Xander slash mean girl and they would they would come back in some episodes but the thing about Angel and Spike is that Angel was always like a little like boring white bread boy but then when he became Dark Angel he was like this whole different personality meanwhile spike is sort of um he's a little reminiscent of tony stark in in joss whedon's writing Mm because in the avengers tony gets all the best lines and man he really loves those sharp-tongued kind of skeevy good guys uh but damn it i still love spike i really liked him he just he just he had all the best lines and he was like funny and and (sighs) the way that it Oh, anyway, I, I had a I had to have thought, but I don't know how to finish it. That's the okay. archetypes that Joss Whedon uses is very predictable once you've seen his body of work. Um, which I mean, to be fair, that's how people get hired, I guess, because you know what they're gonna write, what they're gonna produce. But still, um, when everything is ex- when everyone is expected to be wise cracking sharp tongue tony starks and spikes uh and strong female character tm buffy's then uh it gets a little boring um you want to talk about queer representation sure <laughs> i i mean i feel like you know more about the show you, than i yes, do did you did you meet tara in uh in buffy um yeah i don't think i got to the point where they were dating yet but she showed up pretty early i think yeah at least she showed up in like as like a just like a minor character even in like season one or season two but she didn't become a regular Mm -hmm. until later but like i i the thing is is that like here's the sad thing is again as someone who didn't really watch the show but kind of kept up with it I didn't know about her until everyone was really upset with her death. And then I was like, oh, I didn't know that there was like, I didn't know that there were, there was like two girlfriends on a show. I I didn't know that was a thing. And now, and now she's dead. Okay. (laughs) It's, it's, it's the the kind of Buffy thing where you go and you look up the character and it's like, oh, status deceased. And you're like, cool. Everyone dies. Uh, apparently, Everyone um, dies. uh, so Tara actually didn't show up until the fourth season. Um, oh, I feel like she came up, showed yeah. up earlier, but maybe she, think, maybe, maybe it was the same actress, but it wasn't the same character. I don't I know. 
Tara was such a once she came into the story she was around all the time she's part of the Scooby gang so it, I feel like it felt like um her character was around a lot longer than she actually was um but before she that was definitely had a, this... a important character oh yes for sure um in terms of her powers and her influence on Willow and also the fact that she mm -hmm. was Willow's first girlfriend and all this stuff um because she's introduced and she's already a witch um, and that kind of introduces the idea of witchcraft and that subplot into Buffy and oh, also so she Willow's came in during college. Yes, I'm thinking I think about it was their some... first year of college. Yeah, I'm thinking about somebody else then because I remember oh. somebody from oh, like. Oh, were you thinking of Anya? Oh, I was. Oopsie. Yes, Anya. Anya is the demon who showed up in like a one-off like Monster of the Week episode, and she's a yeah. demon. Who, who like who, who can change like illusions of like perceptions of the world and then she's caught and she's like de-demonified and she like loses all her powers so then she has to live That's life right. as a human and it's funny, I, she is one of my favorite characters i i love the tropes of demon tries to learn how to i like, do remember that part in the human world and but she, no, she never and uh, the, uh... xander have a relationship um, yeah. But uh, Tara comes in in season four, and before that, Willow had this uh, ongoing relationship with this boy um, named Oz, who I also love. Oz. He's played by Seth Green, who uh, just as a little fun fact, he voiced uh, Leonardo in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2012, uh, the second voice of Leonardo. Yeah, after he uh, after he like damaged quote damaged his voice box, and then Seth Green stepped in as the voice actor. Oh, it's good. But Oz actually turned out to be a werewolf and it's very it's it's very interesting. Um, but Oz was Willow's first boyfriend and they had a really cute relationship, but then um he yeah, they're both like kind of awkward show. and yeah, they're both like, kind of like, kinda like shy, awkward. awkward kids. It was cute. First love, yeah. Um, and then when he left it left Willow heartbroken, but then she met Tara and realized that she was gay however in my interpretation of her character i think she is bi because i think she did love oz there are lots of different uh, conflicting opinions on this and things like that um, yeah but it wasn't it's really a because... thing in the 90s it's either like it yeah. just depended on who you were dating at the time either you were so, straight or lesbian we, we got some of this bi erasure in 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 buffy but uh she and tara had this like really sweet loving relationship uh as willow kind of discovered her sexuality and also um it, it has oh man think i was about to say discovered her sexuality and also witchcraft which like she they become wiccans which is cool and she learns witchcraft but it's also kind of like oh so lesbianism is you have the, everyone is witches and she's practicing dark magic and falling in love with girls that's a bit of a uh, a, a stereotype that I'm kind of like 90s. side eyes. Yeah. Uh, it, again, some of this stuff does not age well. But um, that being said, they had a really sweet relationship. Uh, then that being said, Tara dies awfully, and barrier gaze trope. We can't be happy. Yeah, her death uh, is really sad. 
Yeah, it's really sad. And it triggers Willow to become Dark Willow. She literally, I think she literally like flays a man alive. And oh, yeah. she becomes very evil for a while. Oh, man. The character arcs of the show are fascinating. A little sad because like, I'm really sad that Tara had to die. But it's very interesting to see these characters change so much over the course of seven seasons. Um, one of my favorite arcs uh, kind of changing the subject is when Buffy actually dies um Mm -hmm. she dies for real in season six and dies for real she died for a moment at the end of season one which then triggered the uh extra slayers but she dies for real and then stays dead for like months and Willow and friends and Xander and Giles bring her back to life through a ritual so they literally like dig up her body from her grave Uh, And Buffy comes back to life. And this is the setup for one of my favorite episodes called Once More with Feeling, which is also known as the musical episode of Buffy. Yeah. And I think this Um, started the trend of musical episodes. I don't know if there were any before, but I know that a lot of people attribute this one to Mm -hmm. the start of like a silly episode in a show. Yes. It's, it's like silly and fun. Um, but it also has like really serious plot plot developments. Um, it features this villain named, he's literally, his name is Sweet. So the villain is named Sweet. He's an unnamed villain, but his name is Sweet. And he curses the town so everyone can only sing. Um, and this is, this show has a lot of very fun songs in it, but also a lot of heartbreaking songs in this episode mm-hmm. because Buffy had just died and she comes back to life. And so this is about, I think this is a couple episodes after she's come back to life. But what all of her friends don't realize is that when she was dead, she wasn't in limbo. She wasn't in hell. She was in heaven for like an like undistinguishable amount of time. So she was in paradise and then they ripped her back from that, back to this mortal world where she has to defeat all these demons and have all these responsibilities and like the horrors of, what has become of Sunnydale and this episode is where it's revealed to all her friends that she was in heaven and she was happy there and now she's not um and so it has a lot of fun songs but it also has ones that turn to a very somber mood um and what I also liked about this plot line of Buffy dying coming back to life and struggling with that is she and Spike have a connection because Spike like when he sees her back to life he's like how are you here and he realizes almost immediately that she was in heaven she was in a good place and now she's like back here and he can understand that being an undead person um so that was really a good episode one of my other favorite episodes um is called Hush uh, yes that's that's one of my favorites it's so funny yes it's so good and like like funny and like just very well written it's in season four but there's a villain who a villain or I guess there's like these these alien monsters who curse everyone so no one can talk and yeah that's one of those episodes that like a friend of mine was like okay if you've never seen this episode it doesn't matter if you've seen any of Buffy at all we can watch this one episode and it stands alone and it's funny and it's just ridiculous and so that's why it's such an interesting idea I love that Buffy got to play around with the what if it was a musical episode what if we couldn't speak at all in this episode and like have a completely silent episode um another really notable episode that kind of honestly it fucked me up 
um, is this episode where Buffy wakes up and she's in a mental hospital. Um, Ooh, the I name of it, yes, it's, it, or hearing about it. Oh gosh, it's there's this episode called Normal Again, which is, for lack of a better term, it's kind of an alternate universe thing. So Buffy wakes up in a mental hospital and is told by all these people that she's been imagining that she is a slayer and that vampires aren't real and that this whole world that she's constructed and also oh you know the past five seasons of this tv show have not happened and that like watching this episode and thinking like wait could this all have been in her mind and this is kind of before I think the trope was really prevalent of oh it was all a dream kind of shitty and sad like endings to things um so like seeing this for the first time I was like wait what is real and like how do I how do I reconcile my feelings for Buffy with also thinking that maybe she like maybe this isn't actually happening but at the end of the episode um normal buff or quote normal Buffy they call her asylum Buffy on the Buffy wikiverse um asylum Buffy decides that whether it's not she wants to stay in Sunnyvale and protect her friends and see through what she has like already started so the episode ends with the hospital attendants being like oh no like there she goes we're not going to get her back now and so it's very it's very fucked up (laughs) but just like playing around with those different standalone episodes is a interesting it was cool to see a show that got to do that because it had been around for so long and it could have these monster of the week structures but also kind of like the kind of like play around with the idea of like what like what a TV show can be and how the week to week structure format can like work for it. I think I covered a lot of what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, me too. I feel like we talked about a good amount of good stuff. There's, there is so much because it was only seven seasons long, but still it covered a lot of ground. Oh, there is one more thing. Um, in regards to the seventh season at the end this is a spoiler but at the end uh, Buffy kind of releases this uh, slayer energy and um, is able to bestow the slayer mantle onto girls around the world so Buffy no longer holds all of the power of the slayer it's not gonna it's not a chosen being kind of thing it's anyone who wants to take up this mantle can do so Uh, And there's this really great quote that I love this writing and just like reading it again earlier today, I got chills just thinking about Buffy and like what she stands for as a female character and empowering all these young girls who are watching it and thinking like, maybe I can be a slayer too. And how this happens is that she and her friends all hold hands in a circle and it's not a one person saving the world kind of thing. It's not one superhero, it's her and her group of friends who are all like special in their own way, but they're kind of unremarkable people and they all kind of like can save the world together, which is very heartwarming. Um, But she says, from now on, every girl in the world who might be a slayer will be a slayer. Every girl who could have the power will have the power, can stand up, will stand up, slayers, every one of us. And it's just, it, the way that the show is cut, it pans out to all these different girls that we've never seen before, just different girls, different teen girls, like playing softball or catching her breath at her locker or like facing an abusive parent or 
all these varied situations and her voice like speaking over them and seeing all these different women it's very heartwarming that we it get really to... was because now that you say that yeah. I remember that and I was just like mm-hmm. whoa I have a soft spot in my heart for Buffy um and I think it really I like how it rounded out and ended um I have not read the eighth season which was in a comic book form it continued the story of the tv show but uh, in mm-hmm. my opinion I think or rather in my in my mind I think the show kind of it the series ends with that uh, season seven. Um, but I have read a spinoff book called Tales of the Slayer or Stories of the Slayer um, mm-hmm. by Joss. Uh, and it sh- it's a comic book that's written in different art, art styles, um, different mini stories of women who are slayers throughout time. So there's a girl who is the slayer um, in uh, the witch hunt days, like in Salem and things like that. Um, and there's a girl who's a slayer in the future, like a future world with like monsters are overrun and all this stuff. Um, and it was cool to see different interpretations of that, but still knowing like Buffy was our slayer. She was ours in the nineties and like we got to see her story, but that yeah. there are going to be more and there have been more before her. Um, it's cool. It really to, was a generational thing. Legacy. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. like, she's just the she's the 90s slayer you know mm-hmm. yeah oh buffy i love her buffy. <laughs> um apparently there is um a new buffy series in the works um mm-hmm. i don't which, know very much about it and neither do i i feel trepidatious about it we don't want a remake of buffy however honestly reading that last line about girls being slayers all around the world I I could see a Buffy spinoff, um, like a new vampire slayer kind of story. Uh, again, it kind of in the theme of Avatar The Last Airbender, how we get to see different avatars. Um, a show with something that like that legacy built into it has a lot of uh, room to have spinoffs and, and other legs and different iterations. So I'm curious to see if this is even going to like turn out to be a thing. So we'll see if it actually like gets pushed through um, and from what i've happens, seen but... and this is just from quick googling it's not so mm-hmm. much a remake it's more of a and there's a new slayer it's just like not a, buffy. yeah okay and like okay. that's i, I that's think kinda, i can get behind I'm cool that. With I'm... that because it's mm-hmm. like um I don't know. It's, it's like you don't need to legacy. you don't need to retell the story. It's like if you want to read if yeah. you want to have a new like updated slayer show, you don't it doesn't need to be Buffy. It it, mm-hmm. it yeah. could be a new person. Like, uh, if we don't need another uh Spider-Man movie, but seeing one with Miles Morales is cool as hell. Like it's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> it's real true. So what are we talking about next week? Uh, next week will be Halloween themed because it's October and tis the season. Yeah, I just want to I want to so. keep the spirit going. Me too. So. Spooky things only. Yeah. <laughs> Not spooky Get no Christmas jingle allowed. <laughs> but yeah, so we're I just it's going to be 
so it's going to be kind of like a story time episode we're just going to talk about all of our favorite halloween stuff when it comes to like maybe memories of nerdy costumes that we made for halloween or just favorite our favorite halloween, halloween specials mm-hmm. our favorite halloween movies mm-hmm. just all of our all the good halloween stuff and our favorite spooky hobbies and, and yeah and things. it's gonna be chill it's gonna be good and ooh, and i'm gonna bring up i'm gonna bring up sabrina because apparently there's a new trailer and oh, i'm gonna watch it after yes. this because there was a oh, teaser and now there's a new trailer oh I'm okay here. yes send that to me we will we will talk about sabrina <laughs> yeah because that's but coming out at the end guys... of the month and nice. so we will probably maybe we'll have a yeah. But uh, I hope we hope you guys have enjoyed our episode on Buffy and a little bit of uh, more Marvel. Marvel Part Three. <laughs> it's fine. We're it's Marvel always girls. this is secretly a Marvel <laughs> podcast. This is Generation Fangirl. We don't have rules and restrictions on what we can talk about. We it's could true. just cover it all. Yep, that's What's true. Sign off. We don't have a sign off. Twitter, like, please give us a sign off. off. Awesome. Well, please. Uh, like and subscribe and <laughs> what are, what else do we say <laughs> yeah what do the kids say uh we could say, smash uh, that like button smash, smash that like that, button smash that vote <laughs> um, yeah well it's because this, this part's stupid i hate doing it but thank you for listening okay I got it. yes thank you for listening please share or like give us feedback we'd love to hear from y'all uh, please yeah, talk to I me about Buffy. I want to know your Buffy, Buffy feelings. feelings. Are you Team yeah. Spike or Team What was it? Spuffy? What's What's Angel it's and Buffy? Buffy or Angel? God, literally, it's Angel. Okay, but we are not here. We are not here to make teams for who she should be with because, like, we're all Team Buffy. I just want to know fine, what's whatever. in your heart. I just want to know. What's I am in your Team. Soul. I am Team Spike. I am Team Spuffy. It's embarrassing. This is fine. <laughs> Sounds like a dog name. <laughs> Come here, Spuffy. Spuffy. Reminds me of like spam. Okay. <laughs> it's time to go to bed. All right. We will bed. catch you next week. Yes. Bye. All right. Bye. <laughs>